Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Well, hello and greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for the safety you are enjoying if you are safe in this blazing summer indeed, properties being burned down, whole towns being almost obliterated, fire here, fire there, extreme heat all over the world. Thank God for those of you who are in a safe place. Thank God for those of us who are in a safe place. We've escaped the ravages of nature and the impact of our ever-increasingly hot Earth's atmosphere. But you know, I think that we ought to let this be a warning. Having been exposed to biblical things for so many decades, I've heard the predictions and the contradictions and the lack of faith, the lack of acceptance of prophecy. I mean, I've heard it, maybe not all, but a lot of it, a lot of it. And I can remember when critics of the Bible would say, well, there is no power contained in all of earth that would have the ability to burn up a house, a town, a village, maybe a whole state or a whole nation. It just didn't exist. And then in my lifetime, they discovered the spitting of the atom, and that began to put the truth into perspective. Human beings realize that the kinetic power of our universe is beyond anything their imaginations would have allowed. And so in this day and day, we can say that God knew this was coming because he knew the power embedded in the universe that he created. And certainly in our world, our sun, it could explode. My friend, all this to say this, I thank God that I know the end of the story. How arrogant, you say. How can you say you know the end of this story? Because I believe the Bible. I have believed it now for at least 80 of my 90 odd years. I had been introduced to the Bible as a book, as a child, but no real knowledge gained when I went to the first Sunday school classes and learned a few things. But since I believed as a teenager, I have believed it's true. I have believed that the Bible is the Word of God. I believe that the prophecies of the Bible are coming to pass every day. 
to say nothing of the ones that have already gone by us. The prophecy that out of the family of Abram, God would cause a nation to emerge, then that following that, that God would restore the nation to the land that he assigned them. Then we saw the prophecies of the coming of Abraham, great, greater son, out of the loins of Abraham came Jesus. And it was predicted of him that he would live perfectly and die by character, the cruel death upon the cross. And I have seen the power of the word of God sweeping across nations and around the world and still being the efficacious, saving, healing word it was 2,000 years ago. So, I am confident, I am overwhelmingly confident that what the Bible predicts, God will bring to pass, as he did the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. We have been going back and forth around the question that Jesus asked of Peter. And for any of you who have not been a part of our conversations in a number of weeks and months, uh, let me quickly proceed. We began several months ago to talk about questions that Jesus asked. And I have been intrigued by the fact that out every, of every public question the Lord Jesus asked, have come some amazing lessons. And we learned that behind the question was a teaching, a philosophy, something to hang on to. Because Jesus asked these questions with the intent of teaching lessons. The one he asked Peter by the seashore teaches the lesson of examining my love, of examining your love for Jesus. Yes, you say, I'm a Christian. I go to church every Sunday. I wear my Sunday best. I have my Bible under my arm, under blah, blah, blah. My friend Peter expressed his love for Jesus by publicly, publicly proclaiming Jesus against all odds. A little while ago, we looked at his post-Pentecost sermon, the first of five great sermons when Peter used the opportunity provided by circumstance to proclaim Jesus. Now, we have a neat little hour at Southern School or morning service, we call it worship service, and we gather for an hour and we race on home, or whatever that happens in your local church. I'm not picking on anybody. I too did that. I too pastored a small congregation. We started at this time, we ended at that time. What Peter's sermons have that is different from most of the millions of sermons being preached today is that he used the moment. He seized the opportunity and the crowds gathered 
and he lifted up the name of Jesus. Peter, who promised the Lord Jesus to die with him, and yet denied him. Peter, who asked three times. In fact, he, Jesus asked this until Peter became upset. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And out of the answer that Peter gave, we've had the opportunity of hearing how his love for Jesus began to be manifest. We had the opportunity of seeing how Peter publicly identified with Jesus. He healed the beggar at the temple gate and then turned it into a sermon to the people who were gathered there. My friend, let me stop and ask the question. Do you use the opportunities that God provides to lift up Jesus? Or would you, as I often find myself doing, rather talk sports or politics? I'm not caught up in the soap operas or hardly even the movie, but I am a victim of politics, current news, and sports. Well, I wonder if I were caught up with the resurrection message more completely, whether I would quickly turn those conversations into a Calvary talk. Ah, oh, you say, oh, you don't want to, where else you're welcome. Well, Peter didn't seem to mind that at all. The opportunity came and he was expressing his love for Jesus. He was expressing his love for Jesus. He exercising his healing power through Jesus made it clear I didn't do this. Jesus used my words and my faith. My friend, God is looking for more people, more Christians, more professing Christians, I should say, to identify with Jesus. When the family is gathered, when you have your buddies around, you're talking politics, and politics really fills the atmosphere today, or you're talking sports, Use the opportunity to talk Jesus, to talk about Jesus. Was Peter, in his second sermon, which grew out of the curiosity of the crowd after he had spoken healing to the lame man, a man whose condition was known by everybody. And in the name of Jesus and in the power of Jesus, Peter expressed God's healing power. My friend, let me say this. I know that I am part of a quote-unquote evangelical conservative, but my friends, I am not so evangelical or so conservative as to deny the power of God in healing people. Now, I want to make it clear. I don't see a chapter or a verse where Peter or Paul or John or Jesus called a healing meeting. Now, I'm not criticizing those who do. What I am saying is that healing in the early church was an adjunct to the message. And I believe that God still heals instantaneously. And I would like for more of us to tap in to the healing power of God the Holy Spirit 
when the opportunity arises. Now, I realize that today's talk has been a kind of a wandering, reminiscing, and provoking. But I'm trusting that out of it, God the Holy Spirit will move your heart like pieces was moved, like Paul's was moved, like so many people you know around you whose hearts were moved and they proclaimed Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit and are waiting on God to do his growth program. God bless you. If all of this doesn't make sense to you, let me send you a book entitled What the Bible Teaches. Do write and let me send this to you. I'd love to receive a gift for the broadcast, but that's not important. Just call, write, or ask for this book, and we make sure you get it. Till next week at the same time, this is Audley McLean, expecting God to do great things in your life and in my life. Heavenly Father, we pray that these great things, whether they measured, they be measured in small proportions in the eyes of men and women, or great, in your sight is what really matters. And so we pray that this performance of the Jesus life in our lives today will bring glory to your name, blessing to your people, and revival in the church. Give us the boldness of Peter and John. In Jesus' name, Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.